amen and amen. Everybody smile. Say, I'm glad to be here. Glory to Jesus. Put your hand on your heart and say this after me. Jesus took my infirmities. He carried away my diseases. And by his stripes, I am healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. He took our infirmities and he bore and carried away and destroyed, took away from us sickness and disease. Amen. He did. So we're on a... We're in a, in a time in the history of the world when there's no reason to live here if we don't understand the benefits of His name. Amen. We've got to understand the benefits of the name of Jesus. Everything that Jesus did at Calvary is invested in that name. And the reason He came was to give us the power of attorney to use that name. And we've got to understand that. And for a while, I don't know how long we'll be on it, but just for a while on Wednesday nights, we're talking about and discussing, or the title of it is, there's healing in the name. There's healing in the name of Jesus. We ministered on it last week. It'd be good for you to listen to it, pay attention to what's being said here, but it's really, really, really important that I believe that we understand some things regarding health and healing for our bodies because we've come to a time in the history of the world right now that that may sound you know dramatic to say in the history of the whole world but I think even what I'm going to say tonight is going to bear itself out but we've come to a time in the history of the world that what we have what we have is his unchanging word. That's what we have. And everything else are side issues. Everything else is temporary. But his word never changes. What we have is his unchanging word. Amen? We have that word. Um, And we live in an ever-changing world. Everything's changing. Sometimes people change their mind on major issues in their life three times in one day. We live in an ever-changing world all the time. This Friday, the head of the United States of America, the presidency of the United States of America will... The guard will change. The office will change in people. We live in an ever-changing world. And what never changes is God's Word and what God says is so. And we have to be a part of that. We've got to understand it. And in this ever-changing world, I'm going to give you three things that will never change. And you've got to know this. You and I have to make this a part of our life. There are three things that will never change. And we'll 
will back these up with verses of Scripture. Hebrews 13.8. Let's look at that. <clears throat> Hebrews 13 and 8. <clears throat> Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The first thing that will never change is His name. He will never change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's good for you to hear that. It's good for you and I to hear that spoken. Second thing that will never change, 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 18. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 1, and, and if you can give that to me in the NIV, 2 Corinthians 1 and 18. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. And we're going to come back to this passage, these three verses right here. We're going to come back to it, but, but I, I want, this, this is going to reaffirm number two, that his promises never change. It says in, in verse 18, But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. Verse 19, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. Verse 20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Everybody say amen to that. His promises are yes. The second thing that will never change are those promises. They're not yes and no and maybe and sometimes. The promises of God are yes. Amen? And the third thing that never changes is found in Romans 1 and verse 16. <clears throat> For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, the word of God, in other words, of, of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. For, for everybody who believes, the Jew, the Greek, whoever, I don't care who, anybody who believes, it's the power. But what will never change is his power. Three things that will never change, his name, his promises, and his power. They'll never change. They're never ending. They're always here for you and I. What we have, what we have today in the history of the world, what we have is the unchanging word. So I gave you three things that will never change, and I backed them up with the word, and the word never changes, right? His name, his promises, and his power. Amen? Um. <clears throat> what, what you and I have to realize is that these promises that he's given us, these promises are enough to deal with every critical issue and every changing situation that is out there. These promises deal with anything and everything in life. There's not anything that is not covered in life that's not good, that's not covered with a promise. There is not one thing that is not covered with a promise, and those promises never change. 
They never change. We've been talking about this since the first of the year, that his kingdom has come. For what? His kingdom has come to the earth through Jesus Christ, and his kingdom is, is established on the earth for his will to be accomplished. It's for his will to be accomplished on the earth. God wants his will accomplished in every way, and he's given us what that looks like through his promises. But here's the deal. And, you know, for the most part, of those of you sitting in here, for the most part, I'm, I'm not telling you something that you don't know. But what we face... In, in the world today, what we face is not for half-hearted, double-minded people. It, it doesn't work. Um, as somebody that preaches the Word, and I've, I've preached the Word at least twice a week, in July will be 28 years that I've preached the Word. And every time I preach the Word, I get challenged. What I'm telling you tonight, I get challenged with this. The enemy will come to challenge me to see if I really believe what I say that I'm telling you about. It's not for half-hearted people that... Ha- that halfway have their heart into the kingdom of God and what God is doing, and it's not for double-minded people. But everybody that comes into the kingdom is not only half-hearted, they're no-hearted, where kingdom issues are concerned, and they're double-minded people. Okay? So I'm not, like, I'm not telling you that there's no half-heartedness in things that I've done or experienced, and I'm not telling you that I've never been double-minded. I'm just saying, where we're going and to overcome in situations, you can't have your heart halfway in. You've got to be totally in. And, and, and it's not for people that say one thing and do something else. So what does that mean? That means we're all in the same boat, and we all got to learn to do this the same way. Right. Amen? Amen? And those that put out effort and purpose to understand His ways, His will, because because his kingdom has come for his will to be done on earth the way that it is in heaven. That's what Jesus Christ brought back to us as we've been talking about, as we talked about on Sunday. Jesus Christ has brought back to us the ability to know God's will and his plan for each one of our lives. It's amazing how, how amazing that the God of this universe, the God that created all of us, the God that has everything in the palm of his hand, cares about each one of us individually and had a plan for us before we were i mean i just i mean the more i'm preaching on this and meditating on it the more i mean it just takes me back to understand that he had a plan for me as i talked about sunday the three the three of the one they had a meeting in the beginning before the creation of the world they had a meeting together and in that meeting they talked about justin And in that meeting, they talked about Randy. And in that meeting, every one of us, they talked about, this is what we want him to do. Hmm? 
And the first human beings screwed it up. They messed it up. We lost our minds. But Jesus brought it back and now has given us his mind so we can know and have that mind renewed to what the original plan was before the foundation of the world so that I can tap that and walk in this power, walk in the authority of his name, walk in the understanding of the, of the things that we're talking about tonight. Um, uh, let me have that, that last scripture I had up there, Romans 1. <clears throat> let me have that 17th verse. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. But in this world of having our hearts totally sold and developing that and not allowing double-mindedness, I'll say this, the just shall live by faith, but they'll die in doubt. They'll die in doubt. That's how serious it is. It's life and death. So, so we live in, we, you know, how does the world cope with the fears that we face? I mean, I mean, all of the coping mechanisms that there are in the world to get through life, just think about everything. Everything that people do. Every, every form of natural or, or just, you know, as a metaphor, every insurance type policy that people take out for everything in their life to protect everything that they do. Why? Because they're so afraid of what they're going to lose, what's going to happen, I'm not going to have enough, there's not going to be anything down the road, what, what, how, how are we going to deal with all these things? And yet, and yet, God's got it all figured out for us. He had it already figured out. Amen? So we have a world that is trying to cope and what we're created to do was to live by faith. And, and that 17th verse says that, we, that in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from one faith experience to the next. Where I learned to trust in the power of God. I learned to trust in the name of Jesus. I learned to trust in what God is revealing to me to do in every given situation instead of referring or, or, or turning to my flesh and, and trying to figure things out and, and, and work things out within myself. God doesn't want you and I working things out. He wants us to meet with him and have fellowship with him and have relationship with him and develop the understanding of his plan for our life. And I'm telling you folks, he's got it. He's got the plan for your life. Amen? <clears throat> So, <clears throat> I, I, I want to get to this point, but, but I, but I want to say something <clears throat> that I think is <clears throat> really important. Let me grab a swig of that water. <clears throat> um, you know, I'm... I'm, 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 
I'm a golfer or I was a golfer or whatever, you know. And so um, I had a, I have a, guy I was talking to the other day and he was he's he's a he's a professional golfer and he's playing and he's talking golf and so in in my conversation with him we're communicating based on the knowledge of golf okay you you ever you ever know something really well and and you get in a conversation about something that you know really well and you know all the components about it and you try to talk to somebody that really doesn't understand it and they'll use some of the wrong words. You know, the lingo won't be right. But when you talk with somebody that knows what you're talking about, you flow, right? So when I was talking to this guy about golf, it was just, it's just a nonstop conversation. We, it's almost like I know the next thing he's going to say. He knows almost what my response is going to be because we're, on, we're, we're connected together. That's the way God wants you and I to be with him, you see? So regarding spiritual things, spiritual issues, spiritual truths, okay, along that line, we have to realize we've got to know how he thinks, not you and I making up and, and having you know, ideas from a natural perspective that we think is the truth about God. We've got to know spiritually what's right, right? And those promises that we read about earlier in, in 2 Corinthians 1, those promises are yes. So somebody yell out a promise to me. Health is a promise, Okay? You're, you're promised health. Along with health, you're promised healing when, you, when there is sickness. Okay? When a sickness tries to attach itself, you're promised healing and health and wholeness. It's a packaged thing. But why do people a lot of times question healing? Okay? And I want you to bear with me because this is real important with what I want to finish with tonight regarding health and healing that rightfully is ours. Healing and health and wholeness is a promise. Amen? But I have to know that. And if my thinking is wrong regarding spiritual things, Okay? It's because of two reasons. One of two reasons, or maybe both of them. Number one, I either wasn't taught or I was taught incorrectly. And either one of those has got my thinking off. I'm talking about regarding what Jesus' word says. So, What's got to line up? My thinking has to line up. My mind has to be renewed to how God set it up in the beginning. Before the foundation of the world, you realize everything was set. The Bible says, we read those scriptures on Sunday, that all the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So you know what that means? That means 
that the cross was finished, the resurrection was finished, the ascension was finished, and man's reconnection to God Almighty that was lost with the first two humans, what they lost, they lost for us too. Because see, I was, I was represented in the beginning also. You were represented in the beginning also, before the beginning. Then when it started, they were the first two. And I mean, the first two didn't get out of the chute for, you know, a few days and mess the whole thing up for all of us. So we were all redeemed. And now we've got to renew so that we understand spiritual things. Our thinking has to change. Your thinking has to change. And I'll just say this to you. If you were taught that healing isn't for today, okay, I'm, I'm telling you based on what I'm going to share with you in the Word, okay, that that's wrong. Or if you were taught that God makes people sick to teach them something, I'm telling you from the Word, you're wrong. I'm just, I'm, 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 I don't, I'm not questioning, I don't have to say, well, you know, you can go figure that out. Well, you do have to figure that out, you have to see it for yourself, but I'm telling you, it's wrong. And what has to change is our thinking with that. Because if your thinking doesn't change, the Bible says, as a man thinks, that's the way he is. If he thinks he's sick, you're sick. Because if you think you're sick, then you talk sick. And if you think sick and talk sick, you are sick. Settle. Healing is not going to just come out of a genie's bag and, and, you know, and all of a sudden just set you free. We have to, we have to change the way that we think. <clears throat> because if our, if, if our, if our thinking, I, I wrote this down, if my thinking is straight, then my believing will be straight. And if my believing straight, then I'm going to follow through with right actions. 2017 is the year of following through. But it starts with getting my thinking right on things where I'm not seeing stuff work out. Don't, don't sweep things under the carpet that you're not seeing working out. Man, let's press into it. Let's figure it out. I want to know. God's given me everything that I need to know to live in the life of God on earth. You and I have been given everything that we need. But where we get messed up is with our thinking. Amen? Um, so, in Mark 16, we read this last week. In Mark 16, in verse 18, this, is, this was Mark's uh, account of the, of the Great Commission. And he, he said, whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. And he said, these signs will follow them that believe. And in verse 18, he says, and they will take up serpents that if they drink anything deadly, it will, not, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on Christians. No. He said it'll lay hands on sick people. And what will happen to them? They'll recover. Lay hands on them, and they will recover. Right? Um, give, give me uh, Acts 3. I just want to read this story again. It's good for you to, to follow along in this. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. 
And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried in whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms, fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Now, hold it right there because I want to go on. But the Great Commission was, and you'll lay hands on the sick, and how will you be well? You'll be well in the name of Jesus. So they were obeying that. Now, we don't see right. It says he took him in verse 7. Go back to verse 7. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up. Okay? So did he touch him? Absolutely. So it's not all about the touching and where you lay your hands on somebody or whatever, but it's, it's what we're releasing because of what we believe in the name of Jesus. It's what we're releasing. Because most of the time that people were healed in the New Testament, most of the time in the things that Jesus talked about, they really believed that he believed what he was doing. They believed he was serious. The woman with the issue of blood said, if I can just touch him, I'll be made well. Why? She heard him preach, and she believed that what he said was real. Last Wednesday night, I, I, I won't ask any other, David Huffaker just told me that he was in, in some really rough muscle pain in his body. And he said, when I laid my hands on him on Wednesday night, all the pain left, and as of Sunday, all the pain is gone. Amen? Amen? That is gone in his body. Now, now, now why? I laid my hands on him, okay? And, 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 and listen, I laid my hands on everybody expecting for the same exact thing to happen because the Great Commission is not just that you'll lay hands on people, but they will recover. They will recover, okay? My faith has to be for the recovery, okay? My faith is in the recovery. I'm not laying my hands to go through the motions of some religious thing. I'm laying my hands because he said, lay your hands. Right here... Right here, he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Verse 8. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Verse 10. And, the, and they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. And now where were their eyes? Their eyes were on Peter and John. Verse 16, uh, go, go one, one back, 15, uh, no, not that one, go back one more. Eh, well, it, I think it was verse 11, go, go to 11. Now as the layman who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's uh, Greatly Amazed, verse 12. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power, by our own power or godliness that we made this man walk? Then verse 16. Verse 16. He says, and, and, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. 
You, you, know, you know what excites me about what we just read right there is? What excites me is that, if, can, can you go back to Mark 16 and verse uh, 18 right there? What excites me is that he's telling the scripture is for all of us. The scripture is for all of us. I was talking to somebody the other day that talked about how that they didn't believe or, or some friends of theirs didn't believe that they had a right to read the Bible, that they had to just get it from you know, some person. They had to get it from someone else. That they, they didn't really have the right to read it. But the Bible's for all of us, right? So all, the, all these promises are not for a select few people. They're for everybody. These promises to lay hands on the sick and they will recover are for us. But it's, our, it's, it's, it's the development of our belief system because doubt will keep you from ever doing it, but belief will cause you to step out and, and, and be a blessing for other people. But where do you start? Where do I start? With myself. I lay hands on myself. I, I always lay hands on myself and I speak over, over my body because he said, and you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Well, if you believe that sickness and disease has no right in your body, then if someone else comes to you or asks you or just says something or said they're ailing or something, and you just say, hey, well, the Bible says that I can lay my hand on you and you'll recover. Just something simple. Well, okay, do it. And then, and then they recover. See, we, we, if, we don't, if we don't, I mean, the word practice seems kind of like not the one to use, but it's, it's what has to happen. You have to practice the Word of God. You have to put it to work. And, and, and it's, it's that simple. And, and another thing is this. He didn't say, lay hands on people that are saved. So, so what, what does that mean? I think that kind of means that saved people should be laying hands on sick people. That's kind of what it means. You know, that's not only what it means. It doesn't mean that a person that's saved doesn't have the right for somebody to come and lay their hands on him. But, but, okay? And, 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 and we used these scriptures last week, and, and I want to say, as a believer, see, they're not talking about a churchgoer. He said, these signs will follow those who believe. He's talking about believers. Everybody say, I'm a believer. So he's talking about believers doing what he said. And remember, this is part of the great commission. This is what we were commissioned to do. I'm just telling you tonight that God is a big deal, and everything that God says in his word is, is huge, but God doesn't want, God doesn't want these truths to become common to where we take them for granted. He didn't want them to come, become common, but he wants it to become a way of life to where it's not a big deal. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? I didn't say God's not a big deal, and this isn't, and I'm not saying that this isn't magnificent and awesome, but we can't see that it's out there and it's for somebody else and it'll happen some other day or whatever. No, it's right now. God wants you laying hands on the sick. But he wants you laying hands on yourself and declaring, give me Isaiah 53 and 5. He wants you declaring this over yourself. But he was wounded for my transgressions. Everybody put your hand on yourself. He was wounded for my transgressions. Actually, let's read this together. Ready, read. 
He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Everybody say, we are. Not we will be. Listen, listen. When our thinking is screwed up concerning spiritual things, we think that we're going to get healed when it's gone. You and I were healed before the foundation of the world. And we've got, to get, we've got to get our minds wrapped around that. I know sometimes, you know, you, you know I'll preach, when, when I've talked about that, sometimes I think people think, what, 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 that didn't even make any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. But we've got to believe it because it's said. By his stripes, I'm healed. Amen? Give me uh, Matthew, uh, what is it, 8 and 18. Uh, 17. There we go. Uh, Jesus had prayed for Peter's mother-in-law and a couple other situations that had happened, and it says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, everybody read this with me. Ready, read. He himself took our infirmities, and he bore our sicknesses. Then give me 1 Peter 2 and 24. And read this with me. Ready, read. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, everybody say we, that we, ready, read, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. And I'll say this, if you were healed, then you are healed. If you were healed 2,000 years ago, it's because the plan was already set for your healing your salvation and everything you need before the foundation of the world. See, it was already set up. Now my mind's got to be renewed to the fact that nothing can penetrate my body. Nothing can stay on my body, but, but our minds have to be renewed to that truth. It doesn't just happen. And again, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to tell you. The only thing that you have of any value, okay, there are things that are valuable. You're, I mean, people sitting next to you are valuable. They're, I mean, there's value. But the only thing of value on planet Earth is the unchangeable Word of God. And then there's everything else. Yeah, that's right. And if we don't get our thinking straight where the Word of God is concerned, if we don't get it straight with things like this, then, then situations will happen and people will die off and things will happen and, and, and p- people will not overcome in, in situations. And, and listen, listen, it, it, doesn't matter, it, it doesn't matter what we face and it doesn't matter what the end result of is in the natural as we're fighting and believing the word of God. It doesn't matter what the end result is necessarily. But I don't want to be satisfied when I, when I see something in the natural that didn't turn out the way I had expected it to turn out. I want that to be a challenge in me that I'm not stopping. I'm digging deeper, and that's not happening because the Word said this. Right. I'm, I'm, okay, that happened, but I'm not giving in to that, and I'm not stopping because I will stay with this until I get the results that the Word has promised me. Because the word never changes. Right. What did the word tell me to do? You lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Sometimes? No. When it looks like they're healed? No. 
they will recover because before the foundation of the world, we were declared we're the healed. Everybody say we were healed. Not we will be. Someday we were healed. We were healed. But if we don't know that, if we were lied to, if we were taught wrong, or we were never taught about it, okay, then our thinking has to change. So when we go back to that, we'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's those who believe. So believers who are born again, who are believing the word of God, are called to lay hands on the sick. Now, I know that this, this might be a little touchy, okay? And just hear me out. I, sometimes I gotta just say things the way that I see it because not, not, I'm not talking about things that, that like I've studied out myself, but it's things that God has given me that he shows me need to be said in a given moment. But if the word works like what we're talking about tonight, then everybody's covered where healing is concerned. Everybody is. See, everybody's covered because if we're all the healed and everybody sitting in here tonight declares healing over themselves and walk in divine health because they know it's theirs because it it was given to them before the foundation of the world so they're in a receiving mode and then everybody in here as they're led by the spirit of God is laying hands on sick people and sick people are recovering everybody's getting well you see so my, my thing is this that he didn't say the great commission was not for Christians to go lay hands on Christians And it might be that, but unsaved people can get healed. Because he didn't say the saved. He said the sick. Right? So we don't have to wait and get people well. Listen, you think someone might consider salvation if you laid hands on them and they got well? (laughs) How could they turn it down? That's right. Amen? So, I'm just telling you, it's time that we're busy with this kind of stuff. That you wake up every morning and just asking God what he'd have you to do. Lord, I I say this most days. Lord, I, I just thank you for the right people coming across my path today that you would have me to share anything with at any given moment that I'm aware of those kind. I just want to be aware. I don't care who it is. And if, and if in that day it's that I'm supposed to be aware of things going on with my wife or my children or those kind of things, whatever. I mean, they're people too. You know, it doesn't have to be just some stranger. But Lord, I'm open to anybody and everybody that you have to walk into my life and I have the right word because I'm listening to you and paying attention to you. We got to be busy about this kind of stuff. If we're not busy about it, then we're not fulfilling the Great Commission. And that's the last thing that he released us to do. When he said that, he's gone. And when he left, he sat down at the right hand of the Father and he said, it's a finished deal. And now you take everything that's invested in my name and in my name, you go heal the sick. In my name, in the authority and the power of my name, you go heal the sick. That's what he told us to do. Can you say amen to that? So...
just leave this as a review. I'm going to leave this with you tonight just as a quick review. So being busy about this is allowing the word to correct the way we think regarding spiritual things. Then to lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus and then have the expectation that they will recover. Can you say amen?